Greetings and welcome to Be Your Own Healer. This is Jeanette Murray, and I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. After producing the first podcast entitled Finding the Person of Your Dreams, I got some feedback from people requesting more than what was covered in that one. Particularly, they wanted some practical exercises or steps to take to change their thinking and put themselves more in a position of power to manifest the goal of finding that special person to spend their time and perhaps their life with. In today's world, it seems that everyone is seeking someone or something that's going to give them a feeling of comfort, safety, fulfillment, happiness, maybe even some excitement in their life. Since we're social beings, we like to share our experiences with another person. Therefore, it's natural to want to find someone with whom we're compatible or someone who can at least meet us halfway. It's a natural human instinct that goes way back to the time in our history when we were tribal people and we needed the safety and protection of the tribe in order to survive. To be part of the tribe was necessary for life, and being alone or without a tribe meant death. The problem many have in the quest to find the right person is one of limited focus. You want to find someone who can bring to the table what you want without considering the other equally important part of the equation. What can you bring to the table for them? It's easy for us to think, I want this and this and this, but I don't want that or that or that. And that is as far as we go. But if we were to do the opposite, what if we were to start with, here's what I have to offer and here's what I want. Try this exercise. Write down, what does the person of my choosing want and expect of me? What can I bring to the table? Write down as many things you can think of. And don't think of just practical things, which are important, but also include what other things about you are gifts, talents, skills, personality traits, beliefs, and experiences that you think would be important for the special person to want or appreciate or to love about you. Here's a brief example. I'm a nice person. I have a shy personality, but once I warm up, I'm a good talker. I love animals. I like to laugh. I love nature and beauty. I appreciate good music, and you can list your favorite kinds. I like sports, but only as a spectator. I love family and friends. I'm spiritual. I have the means to support myself. I like to share. I'm not a slave to fashion. I'm clean and reasonably attractive. I'm mostly healthy. I'm practical, and so on. In other words... You are describing the you that someone else is going to be attracted to. Did you notice something? Everything was said in a positive voice. There was no, I hate this, or I don't like such and such, or I'm not a fan of, or I don't want, etc. Your goal is to attract, not to repel. The expression, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, applies here. There's nothing inherently wrong with vinegar, but if you're trying to attract flies, well then. Now that you put down everything you bring to the table, and trust me, your list can be pages long, then it's time to think about what kind of person you'd like to attract. Again, don't think for one minute The person you want has to meet all your criteria. You'll be lucky to find someone who meets half of them. And this is where so many get caught up in the details. I've heard people say, 
I think he or she is great, but there's that slight lisp or those ears that stick out or that funny snort when they laugh. And that becomes their criteria for writing someone off. Now, there may be some quirks or idiosyncrasies that you simply cannot live with, and that's okay. This just tells you you cannot see yourself being able to tolerate being with this person over the long haul. Or you might try this. I may not like the way he slurps his soup, but I could get used to it and even appreciate that in some cultures that's highly appropriate and acceptable. Over the long haul, how often is soup going to be a problem for me anyway? Something I talked about in the first podcast was the idea of finding a 10 when you rate yourself lower than a 10. There's nothing wrong with trading up as long as you know the other person has the right to refuse or reject your offer of 7 or 8 because they are holding out for a 10 as well. And who's really in any position to rate anyone at all, including yourself? We are all 10s. We're all bringing to the table something, and we all have qualities and attractive features to offer. Besides, your idea of a 10 may be someone else's 5 or 6. I think of a friend whose low self-esteem caused her to believe she could never find anyone who would be attracted to her. And so, she's right, because that is exactly what she's creating for herself. If you believe you can't have, you won't have. If you believe you're unattractive or unlovable, guess what? You're exactly right. The opposite of this is those who say, the universe will bring me exactly what I want and what I need. All I have to do is send out the energy of positive thoughts and wait for the universe to respond. Well, you better settle in and be prepared for a long wait because I'm here to tell you it doesn't happen that way. Why? Because the universe is not some huge dispensing machine where you put in positive energy and out pops the person of your dreams. You don't go to a vending machine and put in a quarter and expect to have a $2 candy bar come out. Equal measure delivers equal measure. And I'm sorry if that bursts your manifestation bubble, but it's time to leave that bubble and step out into reality. And what is reality anyway, but what you create for yourself? Let's go back to my friend who creates the I can't have a loving relationship in my life because I'm unattractive and unlovable. And please feel free to change the pronoun to he, they, or whatever suits you, because this applies to anyone. This is a perfect, perfect example of active manifestation. Now, change the words to the opposite, and you have, I can have a loving relationship in my life because I'm attractive and lovable. Nothing wrong with that, right? But it still isn't going to work. Why? Because you've changed nothing in your reality other than the words. But it's a good start. Because now you're ready to really launch yourself into an active and creative campaign of getting what you want. You're like the greyhound at the starting gate. So, let's begin with, I'm attractive. <clears throat> How? Do I smell okay? Is my hair okay? Are my teeth and breath okay? Are my clothes okay? Does anything need changing or improving to make me more attractive? If the answer is no to any of these, then get to work on it. Next, I'm lovable. How? Do I love myself? Do I love others? Do I give the impression that I'm lovable? Do I feel loved? Do I feel lovable, capable of giving and receiving love? If the answers are all yes, you're doing great. 
But if they're not, you're still doing great because now you have something to work on. Give yourself plenty of time. This won't happen overnight. Get out there and be lovable by being loving. Too often I hear people say, why do I have to do all the work? Why am I always giving and others are taking from me? Say what? Let's back up to how this energy thing works. What you give out, you get back. End of story. Moving on. Let's say you're three quarters of the way around the track. Things are looking good. You're meeting nice people. There's even someone who you just happen to bump into and wham, you hit the wall of, hmm, let's see, self-doubt, disappointment from past experiences, disillusionment, rejection, betrayal, unkindness, unrequited love, and on and on and on. We all have our own personal walls. My lover cheated on me. My wife walked out on me. My teacher abused me. My mother gave me up for adoption. All I ever meet are creeps. I can't trust anyone. I don't want my heart to be broken again. And you can fill in any of your personal favorites. I know these are real experiences. It's not a question of lacking compassion. I merely want to point out that there are things that make up your wall that prevent you from getting the love you want. A dear friend of mine had the experience of his wife leaving him for another man. From that time on, he committed himself to, be, to the manifestation of, I cannot trust women, and I'll never love again. Okay, so he's a great manifester. He's getting back exactly what he's putting out. He doesn't stay long in any relationship because he pushes away the women who love him, which reinforces his belief that women are faithless and untrustworthy. Ergo, he lives alone and feels bad about his lonely life. There's also a huge dose of self-pity and self-loathing in all this because if he truly wanted happiness and a lovely, committed, long-term relationship, he could easily have it. We all are the creators of our reality, period. It doesn't just apply to your friend or your neighbor or somebody else. So back to why manifesting doesn't work just by changing your thoughts or words. You must also change your behaviors. Change your act. Write a new script if the old one isn't working for you. You can't sit around waiting for someone else to waltz into your life to change the script you're wallowing in that you really don't like anyway. Remember, you are the producer, the director, and the actor in your own play. Write yourself the perfect script, the one you want to star in, the one that brings you the pleasure, happiness, excitement, joy, and fulfillment you want. And don't fool yourself by playing the old tunes of people just don't get me or my friends don't understand me or my favorite one, I'm too complicated. If you're not feeling good and comfortable around other people, there's only one place to look and that's to yourself. What are you putting out that's putting off others? If this isn't easy for you or you feel you've been too damaged in life to do this, get some help. Find someone, a therapist, a coach, a priest, a rabbi, a shaman, a pastoral counselor, an emotion code practitioner, someone who can help you break down the walls so you can write a new script. Let's move on to a new topic. There's so many more things to consider here. Some believe the perfect romance has to have all the trappings, the costumes, makeup, music, 
maybe even the drama of the romantic Hollywood or Bollywood romance. They have their checklist of what needs to be present to make the relationship start and finish as they believe it should. First comes the preliminary excitement, the search, or the chase, followed by the meeting and awareness of something brewing, which can either be positive or negative. Personally, I love the stories where it's the couple despising each other at first, only to fall in love eventually. Why I like this is because it shows a willingness to change and accept someone initially that you've been unwilling to see has any merit, and vice versa. Then comes the drama of the getting to know one another, the heating up, the evaluating and planning stage, all leading up to the final moment where the couple takes the oath of commitment. I do. In some cases, there's the big overpriced wedding with all the trappings, and I chose that word for a reason. The bride's magazine promoted enhancements, the dress, the flowers, the venue, the bridesmaids and flower girls, maybe even the white horse and Cinderella carriage, or the helicopter whisking off the married couple to destination honeymoon. If this isn't an example of writing the script, producing and directing it, I don't know what is. In short, it's all theater, darling. Now back to reality. Finding the right person in life does not have to be this way. It's certainly fine, and I'm not about to judge if this is what someone wants. If that's the formula that works for you, go for it. But don't lose sight of the fact that it's all fantasy, all a production to make the bride, her family and friends, and sometimes the bride's bridegrooms too, think they've done it right. It's not about the couple's relationship. It doesn't determine its durability, and it may even overshadow the real purpose of why they're coming together and engaging in a contract called marriage. Personally, I've read where arranged marriages aren't such a bad idea, and they do work out just fine in many cases. But we like formulas and patterns. We like to show things off on social media. And so the modern-day saga continues of girl meets boy, girl and boy have an extravagant wedding, and girl and boy become man and woman who then must learn to get along and face the tough parts of life together. For some, the end of the drama and romance spells the death of the relationship. For others, it strengthens and fortifies the bond and a whole new durable relationship begins to form. Of course, it's different for every person, but generally there's an expectation that these particular elements have to be in what people consider to be a perfect, in quotes, and there's no such thing as perfect, romantic relationship. If we try to live our lives according to Hollywood productions, we must also accept that they're just pure entertainment. The fact is, you could meet somebody today and instantly be attracted and think there's someone you'd like to know better. Or you could meet someone and not be attracted to them today, but meet them later and find out there are similarities and things you have in common, and that person becomes more interesting to you over time. The point is, try not to have a conceived notion or idea of how it should work. Try not to follow a formula. Whether you run into someone at a party or meet someone on an online dating site, or you bump into someone at the grocery store, in church, in the post office, or at an AA meeting, or anywhere. If that person is meant to be in your life, things will lead the two of you in that direction. I'm not a believer in the missed opportunity, ships passing in the night mumbo-jumbo, that causes one to believe they missed out, or that fate dealt them a poor hand. I don't call it fate or even serendipity when you do finally meet that person. 
I call it the fulfillment of the thoughts and dreams you've been trying to manifest all along and the karma you both have together that locks your eyes together at the gas pump or in the produce section of the grocery store. I talked a bit in the first podcast about manifestation and the mistakes most people make when they're trying to manifest things in their life. I'd like to pick up that thread again. If you recall, I mentioned that if you create a very specific picture or a vision board of what you want, it's risky because you may be leaving out a whole constellation of other variables that might be just as important or more so than the ones you included on your board. Finding the person of your dreams is not the goal, but the starting point. What you really want is a change in your emotional life. You want a love emotion and the frequency of that emotion to be returned to you. So, if you want more love in your life, be sure about what that means. Is it more approval? More support? More feel-better feelings? More fun? More appreciation? More attention? More laughter? Or all of the above? And if you want all of the above or any of the above, above, what you're essentially saying is, I want the frequency of the feeling I'm feeling to be boomeranged back to me. Now, to have a boomerang come back to you, what do you have to do? You have to throw it out with all your might, right? Then you watch as it comes sailing back to you. It is exactly the same way with relationships. The feelings you want do not come from the person you're seeking. They originate with you. They come from you. The feeling of wanting more love and companionship is great, but it won't happen unless that's the energy you're sending out. In other words, you're not depending on another person to bring that which you want to have. You are only dependent on what you create and give out. Being needy or feeling lonely will never get you the companionship or love you want. Believing most people are evil or creepy, selfish, can't be trusted or weird will not attract to you anything else but that kind of person. If you want to catch a fish that only feeds on juicy worms, you don't put macaroni on your hook. Feeling you're not worthy or attractive enough smart enough, or maybe you're too smart, or lacking in any way will not get you what you want, nor will it make you feel good about yourself. You'll be the macaroni on the hook, not the juicy worm. You won't be able to attract to you a person who's different from you, expecting them to fill in your gaps and make you feel whole and complete or better about yourself. And here's the big takeaway for today. Unless you feel good about yourself to begin with, no one, not anyone, can make you feel better. This is why it is absolutely, positively, irrefutably mandatory that you love yourself first if you want to find love. Now, I don't mean that in a narcissistic I'm so damaged, someone else has to pump up my ego or I have to any way possible in order to feel better and love myself. No. I mean you have to see, know, and believe within your heart of hearts that you are lovable, you're adorable, you're precious, you're desirable, and you're worthy. But if you let circumstances, people, your job, society dictate what you feel like, nothing's going to change. The change you need to make is to get on a self-created, self-centered, 
self-loving emotional train track. And don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you to be selfish. You have to create your own feeling of love in order for love to come to you. When you can nail that down and get in the flow of it, when you can live it and breathe it, then you'll be a magnet for love to come your way. Any other approach will only lead to disappointment and frustration in the long run. If you're looking outside of yourself to find love, for someone else to make your life better, for someone else to make you feel lovable, you're not going to find it. Here's another exercise. Think or write down if you wish. What do I need to make me feel better, to make my life better? Make a list. Take all the time you need. You can pause the the podcast and come back and read your list over. Add anything to it you want. Think about it. Meditate on it. The best and most productive way you can use your energy to feel better is to put your well-being, your well-feeling, your well-loving, your self-enthusiasm, and your self-desirability first and foremost. When you do this, you create an energy vortex of good, positive energy And the good vibrations you put out are going to attract the good vibrations you want. Make sense? It takes a certain amount of trust in yourself to be able to put yourself first and to believe that joy and love are your birthright. If you trust such feelings and trust yourself, you'll produce good results. It's not any more complicated than that. Maybe you've had the experience where you've attracted someone who was not what you wanted and you didn't feel good or comfortable with this person, but there was something inside of you that kept you going back, even though you knew it wasn't right for you. Sometimes that need to not be alone is the compelling force behind partnering up with someone who's not the person of your dreams. Without self-love coming first, there's also the risk of falling into the trap of changing yourself in order to please someone else. I know I talked about putting your best foot forward and making yourself attractive, and that still holds true. But if you find that in order to hold on to someone, You have to change according to their dictates in order to please them and keep them interested or gain their attention. Then you are stepping into high weeds. You are not here to be fixed by anyone else or to be changed in anyone else's image. If you give up your sense of self, your values, your beliefs, what makes you feel right and good, then you're compromising your very being in order to not be alone, to be with someone else. On the other hand, if you choose to make certain changes to please the other person, and it's your choice and in your best interest to make that change, then by all means do so, and they may do so likewise. I once had a friend who desperately wanted to be married and have a family, and she met the perfect man. They fell in love and got married. And was it a match made in heaven? I didn't think so. First of all, she had to agree to change her religion. Second of all, she had to agree to limit herself to one child at his request, even though she wanted a large family. She had to agree to move where he wanted to live, which happened to be far from where her family and friends lived. She was constantly in a struggle to make him happy and keep pleasing him by surrendering her own will and giving in to his. Sometimes we're blocked from receiving what we want because of past events, negative emotions or blocking beliefs that keep us from finding the person we want to be with. 
If this is the case, please get some help in overcoming these blocks. Here's another exercise. Identify the thought, belief, or judgment that is holding you back. For example, people cannot be trusted. Think about where this thought or belief came from. Ask yourself, what is causing me to think or believe this way? Is it about me? Can I be trusted? Do I trust myself? What am I doing to keep believing or holding on to this thought? Is this a thought or belief I want to hold on to, or do I want to get rid of it? If the answer is get rid of it, here's the solution. Change the thought or belief. Let me give you an example. Kathy was lonely after her husband passed away. They had had a loveless marriage of 35 years, but his death left a huge gap in her life. She'd never been much for socializing and making friends. And, and therefore, when her, with her husband gone, she had no one to do anything with or to go anywhere with. She believed she was too old and over the hill to meet anyone new. In addition to feeling unattractive, she just was not ready for the dating scene, which to her was uncharted territory, somewhat akin to a scary, dark alley. Having these beliefs kept her frozen in place. Her negative emotions and feelings about herself were creating exactly the experience she didn't want to have. She didn't want to be alone. She didn't want to feel unattractive. She didn't want to have nothing to do. She was not able to even envision what she wanted in a partner in life because she believed wholeheartedly that she could never and would never find anyone to share her life with. Emotions and beliefs are energy that flow through us and around us and to those around us. When this energy flows through a negative belief system, it's like a filter that only filters out everything positive and allows only the negative to get through. The energy may be fear, sadness, anger, guilt, hatred, resentment, bitterness, regret, despair. In other words, any emotions that we deem negative. As you've already learned, the energy of an emotion means the frequency of the vibration of that emotion that filters out into the world and attracts the very same energy back. Let me read that again. The energy of an emotion means the frequency of the vibration of that emotion that filters out into the world and attracts the very same energy back. Becoming aware of and catching those negative emotions or energies allows you to begin the process of changing your reality. A quick exercise here. Instead of thinking, I'm alone or lonely, change that to, I have all the love and companionship I desire. Instead of thinking, I am dull and uninteresting and unattractive, change that to, I'm fascinating, interesting, exciting, and attractive. Whether it feels natural or normal to you, do it anyway. Change your emotional state. And as you practice this, begin to trust your feelings, your emotions, and then expand on them and come up with other ideas about how to project this positive energy around you. I once had someone say to me, but I don't want to give out my energy to change other people. I want to just work on myself. To which I replied, you don't have to change anyone. That's not your job. You don't have to heal anyone or love anyone or give anything to anyone. The only one you can change is yourself. 
So give up the idea that you're even about changing anyone else. Change yourself. Give out more positive energy. It will come back to you. You will make progress. You'll feel better. You'll get more of what you want. Flow positive energy. The most positive, powerful energy is that of love. It will come back to you and you will change because that's what energy does. Remember this one statement, if nothing else. I create my own reality with my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Everything else around me is someone else's creation. This is my reality, not theirs. I'm not responsible for their reality, only for my own. And they're not responsible for my reality, only I am. If you want to feel better, put out good, healthy, feeling energy. If you want to feel loved, put out love energy. If you want to feel supported, put out supportive energy. If you want to feel attractive, put out attractive energy. How do I do that? With thought. It all begins and ends with your thoughts. Here's another exercise. Let's call it changing your state of mind. The goal of this exercise will be to create a new state of mind in which you can create a new reality for yourself. Sounds exciting, huh? Think about the state of mind that comes when you think about relationships. Is that state of mind keeping you from finding the person you want in your life? If so, get a sheet of paper and at the top write how I'm going to find the person of my dreams. Now, write down these things and skip enough space between each so you can fill in the details later. Number one, I'm interested in. Number two, I'm fascinated by. Number three, I'm excited by. Number four, I appreciate. Number five, I like. Number six, I love. And lastly, number seven, I find beautiful. Now that you have your list, go back and fill in the details. And as you do so, think about creating the energy that aligns with your goal of finding the person of your dreams. Let your imagination flow and don't put any restrictions on what you write. This is only for you. No one else will see it. If you get caught up thinking, well, this is just fantasy or wishful thinking, stop right there. That's exactly what it is, and it's how you're going to flow the energy you need to bring to you what you want. When you can do this, you're ready to allow positive energy to flow back to you. You don't have to consult anyone or read any books or get anyone else's opinion. You don't even have to think long and hard about this. Why? Because you're putting into writing the deepest awareness of your soul that's telling you what you really want for yourself. And you won't find that in any book or any website or on any podcast. Merely writing these things down puts you in a different state of mind, a higher state. Maybe you'll notice how some of the things you filled in on your list didn't have anything to do with finding the person of your dreams. Remember, this is not a list of goals or actions. 
It merely puts you in connection with your feelings. And you could meditate with this list, or you could just simply close your eyes and daydream. If you catch yourself saying, well, this is silly, or I couldn't possibly have these things, stop right there. Yes, you can. You can have them and you could share them with another person. It's perfectly legitimate to want and to think about these things. And when you're done, sit back, close your eyes, and think. This is my life. I have all these things. What happened to your body and mind when you did that? Did you catch yourself relaxing a little? Smiling maybe? Maybe feeling a little giggle coming on? Did you feel yourself feeling a little lighter or happier or uplifted? Were you aware of any rising excitement? If you did, that's great. You got into the flow. You allowed your mind the freedom to entertain thoughts and ideas, dreams and wishes you hold inside. If you don't have within you what you're looking for outside of you or hoping that another person will bring it to you, you will not find what you want. Why is this the case? It all goes back to the frequency of the vibration you're putting out. If you're not vibrating at a frequency and level of what it is you wish to attract to yourself, you cannot attract it to you. It's a law of physics. Like attracts like. If you want someone who's funny and entertaining, you have to be a little funny and entertaining too. If you want someone who's kind-hearted and generous and giving and supportive, you guessed it. You have to be kind-hearted and generous and giving and supportive. It just doesn't work otherwise. And here's the kicker. You've just begun to change your reality and create what you want. Did you notice that there was nothing about what you don't want or what you're afraid of or what can't possibly be? The next exercise is entitled, Be the Architect of What You Want. Let's say you want to build a house to turn around and sell. The first thing you do is lay the foundation. So you carefully choose the materials you need to start with, and you can be choosy and buy the best stuff, the sturdiest and most durable. You lay the foundation and let it settle and give it time to solidify. When your foundation is sound and durable, you continue building your house. You carefully select the boards, make sure they're straight and well-planed without holes or weak spots. And you build the best, sturdiest, most resistant to, resistant to the elements and also the most attractive house you can. And you create the perfect house for one reason. You want it to be so attractive that someone will come along, see it, and fall in love with it. You want someone to look at it with the same feeling you have and return that feeling. What a lovely, sturdy, well-appointed, sheltering, comforting, and safe-looking house. It makes me happy to think I could live in it. You go about attracting someone to you in the same way. You don't look for the house to make you feel good or better about yourself. You don't look for a house that brings you excitement. And you don't look for a house that brings you more energy or more money or fulfillment. You look for the house that matches the energy you're putting out. And maybe it's just an energy of feeling safe and comfortable or feeling you belong there. Now back to you and you alone. If there are things about you that you feel need improving, work on them and improve them. Some people tell me they go to social events and don't have anything to say because they're not up to what the other people are talking about, or they're not as well read, or they're just not interested in the topic, and so they say nothing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to do more than be silent, 
here's a solution. Go to a party or a picnic or a gathering of people and talk about something of interest to you with enthusiasm, with a feeling of excitement. It doesn't matter what you talk about. It could be making biscuits or, or scuba diving or scrubbing the bathroom or changing diapers or walking your dog. But make it interesting and, and humorous if possible. I guarantee you'll attract other people who will want to share in your conversation. And if you really have nothing to say, then ask questions. Don't use the excuse that you had nothing in common with the people talking. You really do. You're a human being. So are they. Okay, so what's it like to jump out of an airplane? Or what was it like living in Dubai? What sort of fertilizer did you use on your tomatoes? There are no limits to the questions you can ask. And guess what? Nobody will think a question is dumb. Why? Because people like that you're listening and paying attention to them. No matter the conversation, ask questions. And if you don't want to do that, just listen and smile and nod your head. But I'm too shy to do this, I hear you protest. Okay, then. Practice overcoming shyness. Do it with safe people. Get out of your comfort zone and just do it. Join a Toastmasters group or a club or any venue where you can speak. I can tell you from personal experience that this is absolutely possible and doable. Don't get stuck in your stuckness. Don't get caught up in yourself, your limiting narrative. If you do, you're taking yourself way too seriously. And life is not all that serious. It's just a play. We're the actors. We're playing our own roles. Don't allow yourself to be typecast. Don't settle for roles that are always the shy one or the wallflower or the do-gooder, the outcast, the victim, or the scapegoat. Try a new role. And if you don't know how to do it, watch how someone else does that role first. Then audition yourself. Play it out. Over-dramatize it. Have fun with it. Try it alone first. Then get an audience of a friend or two. It's fun, and it will give you a feel for getting out of your comfort zone. Let's try another exercise, one that involves a little bit of action. Let's say you're tired out working on your list. You're tired out doing all these things I've told you to do. You're tired out sitting at home, listening to podcasts, or waiting for someone to call you. And you're pretty much fried on this whole idea of manifesting and having the perfect person in your life. <laughs> so here's your exercise. Get up, go outside, and take a walk. This walk will be with a purpose. And you have to be in a place where there are other people. Maybe a park, maybe a city street, maybe a town, wherever. The purpose of your walk is to observe other people. Really observe without staring and getting looks back from them. But just observing human behavior. See how people move, how they interact. Notice if they're stressed, relaxed, happy, sad, looking fulfilled or looking desperate wishing they weren't in their own reality. Do this completely without judgment. And then ask yourself, suppose all these people are looking for the person of their dreams. <laughs> Take one of them at a time and in your mind, in your mind only, tell them something that they would need to do if they were going to attract the person of their dreams. You might see the girl with the purple-blue-green hair and the piercings in her nose and ears and cheeks and lips and tongue, and you may think, she needs to look for a person who stands out in much the same way that she's enabled herself to stand out. You're not judging her appearance. You're just imagining giving her a little tip. You may also tell her that as attractive as she appears to be, she may need to smile a bit more and lift her head up or brush the hair out of her face just a bit so someone can see what she looks like. Next, you may see a man walking out of a store, shuffling along in a very slow gait, 
who looks much younger than someone who should be walking that slowly. You see he's wearing overalls that have holes in them and a shirt that looks like something his grandfather handed down to him. You see his balding head and his thick black-rimmed glasses, and you notice that he does not look around at any, anyone as he makes his way to his car. What would you suggest to him if you knew he was looking for the person of his dreams? What would you tell him? And now you see a beautiful young girl dressed very fashionably, her hair and makeup perfectly done. She's walking with an air of complete confidence and you think, well, there's nothing there to change or improve. She's got it all. But suppose the two of you have a chance to meet. Perhaps you sit down in the same coffee shop and you start to talk and she tells you she just broke up with her boyfriend and she's broken hearted. Of course, it's none of your business, but you might tell her something like this. Honey, you were able to get a boyfriend, weren't you? And you were able to enjoy happy times with this person, right? Is there any reason for you to believe you can't do the same thing again? And of course, the girl may respond with, I'm through with men. I'm not going to look anymore. I'm not going to... St- I'm going to stay right in this place of misery and live out this drama of being lonely and alone and rejected, and I'm going to feel sorry for myself. Although she may not put it in these words, that's fine. She's right where she needs to be. She's not in the place where she's ready to formulate her plan for meeting the next person in her life, and that's okay. So this leads us to the question, Are you at the place you need to be to be formulating your plan for meeting the person of your dreams? Perhaps you're at the point of saying, it's too much work. Why do I have to do all the work? Why do I have to change? Why is it so hard to find someone when other people seem to not have the difficulty I'm having? Well, if you really look closely at what other people have, you might possibly find out they do not have what they really want. They're not with the person of their dreams. Or maybe that person disappeared some time ago. If you're objecting to the idea of changing yourself, you have one alternative. Stay exactly as you are, in the same place, using the same strategies, thinking the same thoughts, using all the same methods you've been using all along and continuing to hope they might work. But if you're tired of not getting the results you want, the only logical conclusion to come to is you have to change. So this concludes the podcast, and I thank you for spending this time with me and lasting until the end. I truly wish you the best and most happily fulfilling relationships in your life. If you'd like some personal help from me, you can go to my website, www.healwithjeanette.com, and that's Jeanette with two N's, and check out my hypnosis offerings, or you can contact me for an emotion code session or even a custom design hypnosis session. But for now, take care, God bless, and namaste. I bow to the divinity in you. Goodbye.